0: Catch the pulse this Thursday at 1:30 p.m. Eastern, 10:30 a.m. Pacific Time, ladies and gentlemen. This week, Joyita talks to a group of artists who are about the Suitcase Stories project, which explores the lived experience of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities via the contents of individually packed suitcases. That's The Pulse this Thursday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, I'm sorry, Pacific Time, right here on AMI-audio. Available on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Brock Richardson's hanging out here with me. We are on main campus at AMI, and also with us is Grant Hardy. He's actually in from Vancouver. He's down the hallway in Studio One. been great having Grant, Jim, Billy in Studio One there uh, taking turns and joining Brock and I on the program. So nice. Bruh, let's see, Grant, now we're doing let's, I don't even know how you traveled with all those hats, but anyway. Uh, now it's what in the world time. Welcome back. Well, I don't hear you, Grant. So maybe I've lost him. I don't know how he takes it. We always tease Grant about the fact that to do what he does, health, lifestyle, and, of course, uh, what in the world? He's got to have the different hats, Brock. I, I don't get it.
1: Yes, it's, it's... How do you
0: cart them all in?
1: It's hard, man, to pack all this stuff in one suitcase and they got a hat for this and a hat for that and a hat over there and different topics. I would be very challenged.
0: Oh, I know, you it's guys, difficult. Grant, guys, you it and is, and the multi-hats, man.
1: Man, I I was
2: just changing my hat. I forgot I was still wearing my serious uh Health and lifestyle hat. Oh, I'm Had glad to he whip made the that switch. Off and put,
0: now he can get silly.
2: Put on my quirky, silly news story <laughs> hat. Just, man, this has all been just a little bit too much fun <laughs> here. But I am back. I am back. And I'm going to start with an article from the Toronto Sun. But I have to ask you guys how much do you think it would cost? A, Moving to, like, a beach community, oh. that's not cheap, right? Nice house by the well, beach, you know?
0: It's really, Yeah, that's the big thing, right? Because mm. the land itself, expensive. I'm not so much sure the lifestyle, uh, maybe cleaning or something like that. I, I don't know, Brock, what are your thoughts? You're out in Kitchener, man, to move to any beach near you is a, is a fair piece. Uh,
1: yeah, it would, be, it would be a long way. I live uh, downtown uh, Kitchener. I don't know. It's never, like, you always hear the whole... Uh, you know, living by a beach would be so good. You have the, you know, the the back window that like looks out onto the beach. For me, I just I'm not. I wouldn't be all, you know, it's not your how to do that. I don't know why no. it would be no. it, for me. It'd be a lot of a lot of money that.
0: Now, Grant, uh, for you back in Vancouver, you're more apt to be able to happen to live along <laughs> the beach than we are. Um, would, is that your life? Would you I, like that? It would not
2: be so good for my pocketbook. It really would. Ah. Um, but get this a beautiful ancient town in Italy is actually offering a $30,000 euro payment, about 42,000 Canadian, to pay you to move there and buy a house. It's called Prisicchi, and it's in the Puglia region and sits in the heel of the italian boot the town is a 15 minute drive from the beaches of italy's southeast coast cnn reports that presicchi has many abandoned houses and buildings with houses for sale for as little as twenty thousand dollars and this money that's being offered can be used to both buy and renovate a dwelling a falling birth rate is the issue in many towns and villages in italy People moved to urban centers, and uh, it's not really clear whether they moved back to the rural communities after the pandemic. Spokesperson said there are many empty homes in the historical center built before 1991, which we would like to see alive again with new residents. Uh, It is a pity witnessing how our old districts full of history, wonderful architecture, and art are slowly emptying. Buyers must take up residency in one of uh Prasiki's Pris- selection of properties built before 1991, which have been approved by local authorities, but it sounds like it could be a little bit of fun if you're on a budget and you can think of something to do when you get to Prasiki. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're going <laughs> to pay me to, to live there, I would twist my arm. You know, that, that's fine. I, I would be totally on board. You know, I just have to be here because they paid me to to do that cool uh yeah i guess i would i'm okay with that
2: i don't know i could could i do the show my segments remotely from italy or would that be not canadian content anymore? well they're
0: being generous man so i i love the idea <laughs> like and you know we hear a lot about the waters out there in italy in the mediterranean Ooh. What a place to really enjoy settling back in any kind of beach community to get you out there. That's for sure.
2: That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, All right. Well, speaking of travel and airplanes and airports, the cat's out of the bag, sort of. TSA agents at New York's John F. Kennedy International Airport were stunned to find a cat in checked baggage. The orange cat was discovered a couple of weeks ago after an employee noticed orange fur sticking out of a suitcase's zipper. TSA spokesperson Lisa Farbstein said that the man who was traveling to Florida said the cat belonged to someone else in his household. We're letting the cat out of the bag on a historic find, the agency wrote on Twitter. This Cat had our baggage screening officers at J, at the A, at JFK airport saying, "Come on, meow, feline, feline like you have travel questions. Reach out to our friends at Ask TSA." <laughs>
1: uh,
2: according to the owner, the cat smells, crawled <laughs> crawled into the bag while she was at work. And she didn't notice the ginger tabby was missing until an airport official contacted her. An officer called and asked if I wanted to press charges against her guest, the woman said uh, to the New York Post. Uh, He wanted to know if there was any reason he was trying to steal my cat and go to Florida. But the man was cleared when the woman assured everybody that the cat just likes bags and likes exploring baggage. And that's the reason that Smells decided to try and be stow away you
1: know do you what? know the um, the thing about cats I have two at my house mm. and the second you take out the bag they are totally aware of what this means and they're all over you where are you going what are you doing what's going on <laughs> yeah are you, and, are you leaving me and and they the do cat? they do I mean my wife will constantly tell me oh, ginger jets in the bag here we go He's, so I mean I I understand the thing that the thing that I'm pleasantly surprised by, guys, is is when you look at this and you say those um, people that handle the bags, they a lot of the time having trouble a the lot. They just kind of go, "Okay, does it weigh enough?" <laughs> o- on it goes, right? <laughs> and so they miss that, you know, the small little like, "Oh, there's orange fur sticking out of here," because most people are just kind of like, "I don't know what people have in their bags." So good on good on them for catching that, because that could have been you know, terrifying for the cat.
2: Yeah, yeah, I kind of take away a couple things. I know it's not completely true that when we say cats have nine lives, obviously cats can get hurt, but isn't it amazing that this cat can... Cr- you gotta think that they got a little bit banged up or, or something, but just that this cat can crawl out and, like, meow, I'm sorry, I was just checking out the the luggage, I'm, I'm ready to go home. Uh, but also the fact that... Um, we got to figure out how to get cat carriers that are like this because cat carriers my partner has a cat we've dealt with a few veterinary issues lately and man that's the most traumatic thing in the world getting a cat into a cat carrier to go to the vet and uh if there could be some way that we could i mean brock you say that it's not a big deal maybe we need to talk off the air about this we uh, we me and my partner need to get a different cat carrier. It's, uh, the cat will actually
1: want to go in. One that it. looks like a suitcase. <laughs> I, I was going to say. You
0: and and you've got to leave it out. So then the cat figures, oh, this is something I shouldn't be getting into and messing with. Eh, uh, but I will. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, I like that.
0: <laughs> and then they get used to it, right? Yes. So then there's no gripe with, you know, I'm going to put you in here. Or if you say, hey, let's, oh, you're already in there. Good. Zip. See you later. Or shall I say, as the door closes. Yep. You got it.
2: Um, so I'm not the most adventurous holiday eater, and I'm not sure I'm going to be sampling this next item, but I did read about this in NPR. It turns out that spam figgy pudding is a thing, and it exists now, and reviews have been mixed, which I'm not surprised about at all. Uh, the mad scientist at lunch and meat packager Hormel, hopefully I'm saying that right, have one idea, spam figgy pudding. What, you might ask, and why? Well, the first question is easier than the second. Let's start with what's in classic Spam. Pork, sugar, water, salt, potato, starch, and sodium nitrate, a preservative. The new seasonal Spam includes additional fig and orange flavors, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, ginger, and allspice, and as ever, it has a uh, the shelf life is stable in case of the apocalypse. Uh, oh. Lest you say this is a perversion of figgy pudding, let's look a little more closely at the British holiday tradition. Figgy pudding is a dense steamed cake, not an American style pudding, full of raisins, currants, and brandy. And the modern version doesn't actually include figs. Uh, and NPR has reportedly discussed. Uh, the, uh, reviews have been incredibly, uh, mixed. However, just in spite of launching last week, it is already sold out at spam.com, because where else? And Amazon. They say your best bet now is walmart.com, or you'll have to resort to the secondary market. Not Ooh. making this up on eBay, where prices are already double the list price.
0: I- do you think you guys? Um, I For one, I would never put pay the more, but I, I think that it's just total piracy because people like it. It's, some people really have to have it as part of the tradition. But again, it is interesting when you talk about the differences in it because, you know, a lot of us will say, oh, I want the authentic thing, whether you like it or not. Um, versus the oh yeah, this one might be a little more of to the flavor that I like. You know, each one is going to have that, but uh, it is such a mysterious thing in that sense. If you've never had it, if you don't include, it, if your family was a family that it just wasn't part of the upbringing, you know, you just eh, no, that's a hard pass on that. Or we'll try it one year, and that. You know, whether it starts something or not with your family as a yearly tradition, or as the end of it, where, <laughs> remember that year we made Brock eat freaky pudding? He turned all sorts of colors.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Brock? It's a hard, hard <laughs> no for one Brock Richardson over It is absolutely not. I, I, guys, I am, I have said it in many ways. I am the most. Canadian individual you could think of meat, potatoes, cooked carrots, raw carrots. I don't really mind which one, but it for me it is simple and anything that you know doesn't seem right, I'm like, meh, I think I'll pass. So for me this is a hard pass.
2: Well, I am definitely a meat and French fries, which are technically potatoes person Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, So I don't think I'd be trying this. I have to say, though, I would love an email address at spam.com. If I could get (laughs) grant at spam.com. You know,
0: spam is one of the funniest (laughs) things, though, right? Because, you know, when they come up with this kind of thing, and that's what I've heard, like, people just like, well, no. But... Spam has always had that reputation, and yet a lot of people, it's still there. It, people utilize it for one thing or another. Some people tell me how great it can be if if you, whether you fry it or do something with it. Um, but it's also that first thing that you hear, oh, and you almost cringe. Oh, yeah. But lots of people will still cringe as they're, well, I guess that's what we have to eat. I'll get the can down.
2: Well, Not to belabor the point, but the uh, Washington Post reviewer described this as an intense faux orange flavor that brought to mind those horrifically dyed and colored candy fruits that somehow make their way into objectionable holiday sweets backed by a discordant chorus of baking spices. So wow. I'm guessing that they probably are not going to get no. a contract with that, this. That
0: is a, a a thumbs down or a shove it, as opposed to love it. It's interesting too when you hear certain descriptions, and and of course you hear that description. It reminds me of well, you just gee, as a person who never liked any orange candy, I'm sitting here applauding that, saying that's me. Get that orange out of there! I'm not having that in a can <laughs> or or anything else because I was that person who that. And anything black licorice, you know, and you'd oh, sit there yeah. eating something, and suddenly that got into my mouth. And being <laughs> blind, you don't know. You're oh, these are great jujubes Jubes. Oh, they're wonderful. Ah, and you're like wanting to go to the go, rinse your mouth, brush your teeth five times. Um, and some of the orange candies for me were like that. So I totally relate and, and love the description there, Grant. Oh yeah,
1: the orange um, candies though. I, I'm I'm okay with the orange candies. I like this sort of citrusy. Hang sort of taste of these things, but to your point about black licorice... You mean but, the
0: chemical taste? Uh,
1: yeah, I could see the look on Kelly's face as I, as I was chatting about it, and it was, you don't get that too often when we do this remotely, uh, but the look on his face was you like... just made me get like a canker the size of my
0: tongue, on my yeah, tongue.
1: Yeah, no, but I, I don't know, I'm fed, you can't have a lot of it for that reason, because you will get those, those cankers, but... Sometimes the orange is okay, like I will intentionally pick out the orange mints, but that's just me and my weirdness.
2: Um, guys, we're almost at a time, but goblin mode is the Oxford English Dictionary Word of the Year. It's mindlessly binge-watching television without worrying about the time. It's eating snacks in bed without a care about leftover crumbs. And it's wearing the same pair of pajamas all week while working from home. Welcome to goblin mode. This is the slang term defined as a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. And this year, it is uh, referring to people's uh, reluctance to return to normal life and get back to how things used to be. One of the, one of the runner-ups is metaverse and the hashtag, I stand with this hashtag. Those are their words of the year created by a
0: poll. Awesome, Grant, superb, and I uh, think we all should take some time to be on the Goblin Patrol. Oh, sorry. I'm, 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 anyway, you, you know <laughs> something what I like mean, that, right?
2: <laughs> all right, it's been a blast today, guys. Thank you so much,
0: Grant. Appreciated very much, Grant Hardy, joining us. He's down the hall, Studio One, but here at Main Campus at AMI. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the visits from so many uh, of the folks who work for the company who are in town right now doing some business. And celebrating Christmas. We'll be right back. Tell you what's up tomorrow on our show and see what the gang has on Now with Dave Brown.